Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Donald Trump is the U.S. president in trouble with the American people. As the Mueller investigation continues, or is Trump still a wildly popular president with enough Americans to see him re-elected easily in 2020? John Zogby, the founder of the Zogby Poll, spoke to us about that. Is Mr. Trump in real trouble with Americans as the Mueller investigation continues to make headlines with its most recent moves? Or is Donald Trump a still wildly popular president with enough Americans to see him reelected? and re-elected possibly easily in 2020. John Zogby is the founder of the Zogby Poll. His most recent book is We Are Many, We Are One, and uh, it's johnzogbystrategies.com. John, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Roy. A pleasure talking to you always. So what is your polling and what does your instinct tell you, uh, they may or may not be the same, about how Americans feel and or see their president at this time? Basically, it's a continental divide, and the only way to describe it. Uh, we have two political parties, and uh, it's safe to say that they've hardly ever been further apart in how they see their world, uh, how they see the nation, how they see Donald Trump. And so where the president stands uh, right now, um, fairly good, let's say 46 uh, to some polls, 48 percent approval rating. He was elected with 46 percent. So, you know, he's got just shy of half of the nation. He has just about half the nation that it's safe to say pretty much hates his guts um, and is ready to see the negative in, in just about everything that he is and, and that he stands for. Um, we, and we, we're just coming off an election, and an election in which uh, safe to say, again, that President uh, took a drubbing, um, but, you know, a stake has not been driven through his heart. There, he, he won an extra seat in the, in the U.S. Senate. Um, he may have lost a, a substantial number of seats previous held by, previously held by Republicans in the House of Representatives, but so many of those seats were, were one- and two-point seats or even less. Than that, um, and so he, he's uh, he's still uh, he, he's still a contender. So, if after this period of time, from November 2016 to the end of 2018, with all of the headlines about the Mueller investigation that have been dogging him since it started over a year ago, and Mr. Trump sometimes being his own worst enemy with uh, with his tweets, although they seem to work out for him, and it looks like other politicians have now decided they're going to do the same thing. You know, they're not going to sit back. They're going to use social media to their personal or, or attempt to use it to their personal advantage. Is he still in a position now? He says he's got 46 percent support. Had that going into the 2016 election. Does that place him in, uh, in a position to feel fairly confident or very confident that he indeed will um, resume occupancy of the White House uh, in 2020, barring some unforeseen major uh, occurrence. I'm going to hedge a little bit by saying he can feel pretty confident that he will be a serious contender in 2020. Uh, now, barring anything unforeseen, what could be unforeseen? You know, rumblings on the economic side. There's no question that 
part, a good part of his popularity uh, right now is that um, uh, is that the economy is is booming. Although you know, recent rumblings from um, from General Motors, fifteen thousand manufacturing jobs, a sector in the economy that the that had been growing and and, and doing fairly well. Uh, the stock market. Uh, hard for a layperson to understand that stock market, but a lot of jitters. Is there a recession around the corner? We're certainly due for an economic slowdown. This has been the longest 10-year um, uh, boom that uh, we've had in, in a long time. But it isn't only that. You mentioned the Mueller investigation. Um, uh, it's getting very close uh, to... Some real trouble for his family, uh, the, uh, definite trouble that we've seen for his personal attorney, his former campaign manager, some of those people who were, who were described as aides or hangers-on. So, uh, you know, the flip side of all that are the words of uh, Mr. Trump himself. You know, he said during the campaign in 2016, hey, I can murder somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue um, at high noon, and I'm still going to have people who love me, uh, enough people who love me. And so far, um, he hasn't murdered anybody that we know of, but he's at 46, 48 percent, despite, uh, let's, let's just call him controversial and unorthodox. Okay, so then when I look at what potentially confronts him as a contender for the Democrats, and, of course, we don't really know who's going to run for the party, but, you know, mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton uh, drops hints that she, she may. And uh, the usual response from most of my friends is, good God, no, or... <laughs> mine too, incidentally. <laughs> okay. Right. Or <laughs> Donald Trump is... And mine are Democrats. So I, okay. So. <laughs> or, or Donald Trump is egging her on because he wants her to, to run again. Mm -hmm. But I don't see any any real, and maybe we just haven't seen the person yet, but I don't see any real major firepower coming from the Democratic side. It can't be Bernie Sanders. Well, here, here is or who, can it? Or well, you know, Bernie was a seventy-four-year-old socialist uh, two and three years ago when he was running. Yeah, and I remember telling people, "Oh, come on." Uh, well, he did fairly well, didn't he? So I, well, think he I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count Bernie out especially the popularity among um, uh, millennials. But who I'm seeing as serious contenders, always the former vice president, Joe Biden. Now, I know he'll be 78, but what's that to us guys? Um, uh, 78 is the new 58. And um, what he has is not only gravitas and a very warm appeal to a broad swath of Americans, including the you know the that white ethnic middle class that that the Democrats have been doing very poorly with. He has a personal story that uh, of of tragedies that he's had to overcome. But the other thing about Joe Biden, I think, is that when you picture him on a stage with Donald Trump, I mean, he's really the one guy who who can say, "Oh, Donald, be quiet. You're sounding like an idiot," and get away with it. Um, and the, not probably not go, uh, going to fall into the trap of so many of the other candidates who are on the stage, especially the Republican candidates, 
who were beaten down, humiliated, and then decided to crawl in the gutter, you know, with uh, with, with Mr. Trump, and then they got hurt by it. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a young fellow everybody's looking at very closely. I am too, Beto O'Rourke, um, who has been described as Kennedy-esque, which is the equivalent of uh, Pierre Trudeau-esque uh, in Canada. But um, yeah, he just lost the Senate race, didn't he? Just lost the Senate race. Actually, by Texas standards, um, a, a close enough battle to suggest um, what we've all been saying for a while, that Texas is on the verge of becoming uh, uh, more and more of a swing state, if not an outright Democratic state, but also a very good campaigner, uh, also described as perhaps the next Barack Obama. Uh, One of your close neighbors in Minnesota, Amy Klobuchar, is... A steady, a no nonsense, no scandal, longtime senator um, who went one on one with Brett Kavanaugh in the recent hearings, and that was one instance where Kavanaugh did not come off too well. She's a former prosecutor and tough. So there are people that are out there. Okay, now you have a much better handle on on, on those people than I do. I'm, I'm, I, I watch American politics very carefully. I just love politics. Period. Um, but there just seems to be – I come back to something that uh, – I guess I keep coming back to this, John, and that's your book. Now, when we talk about politics, and John's book is We Are Many, We Are One, Neo-Tribes and Tribal Analytics of the 21st Century. Uh, when we talk politics, John Zogby, we're also in this country talking about significant elections coming up uh, in, in Alberta in uh, in the spring and then the federal election – next October, where Mr. Trudeau is going to try to get reelected, and he's running neck and neck with the Conservative Party. How this all turns out, we we will find out. But having said that, uh, let me ask you about this issue of, of tribalism. Mm-hmm. You, you break down, or the book breaks down, uh, various tribes that make up mm-hmm. society. Now, are we tribal, and maybe you can talk to us about who these tribes are, are we tribal when it comes to politics? Does it come to the point where we, we feel so engaged and so supportive of or so defensive about a politician or a political party that we just go absolutely, totally tribal? We don't care what they say, what they do, what their errors may be. We're on their side, you know, and, 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 and damn the torpedoes or whatever the term is. You know, Roy, for those that are political, that, that are interested in it, yeah, we, we are uh, – in the midst of, of tribalism. It's, it's my tribe, not my country. Um, it's my tribe above, you know, national values or a national community. I think that's the biggest change that we've seen. Um, but what I've tried to do in, in my book is take a look at uh, how people I, identify themselves in tribes on the basis of their values and their aspirations and their behaviors. Um, and so uh, we've kind of helped to redefine 11 tribes in the United States on, on those bases. Uh, but what, crunching the data, um, what we've discovered is that there is sufficient intersections between and among tribes, including ones that you wouldn't think that there would be, that it would take good leadership um, 
good campaigning, uh, good messaging, good uh, uh, skills to actually find those commonalities uh, to build bridges between those tribes. So the problem that I see today is that uh, our politics and our campaigning skills are actually serving to keep those tribes apart. And I think what's troubling, you know, the founding fathers here in the United States talked about a constitution to build a more perfect union, promote the general welfare, build a kind of a national community. And yet, when I look at recent elections, you know, those, those we've had in the 21st century, by and large, with the exception, let's say, of a, of a Barack Obama who came along, it, it, it was the candidates who were saying, hey, I can just talk to my side and discourage undecided voters from voting for the other side, and I can win, and I can govern that way. And I think it's reached the, the point now where we have a Donald Trump not only get elected with 46, 48 uh, percent of, of the vote, but absolutely makes no effort whatsoever to talk to the other side, work with the other okay. side, appeal to swing voters. Okay, John, I have to, I have to, uh, have to stop there because of the uh, the time. But thank you so much. I've read your book; it's fascinating. Oh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a political book, but there, but there are. I mean, I I get the information about who these tribes are and and how they live and what matters to them. We are many. We are one. Neo tribes and tribal analytics in the 21st century. John John Zogby. John, thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Roy. Talk, we'll talk again. again. Bye bye. And it's the uh, John Zogby poll is uh, world famous. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.